Hi. Hey, Siren. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks for being the the speaker and and share for these sessions. And yes. yeah, and also thanks everyone joining this um zero class. And we will start with a bit uh, introductions, and now we will have a chit chat. So, um, I think for everyone, if you guys have any questions, anything you want to ask more, so just feel free to put your question in chat, and yeah. So um, a bit introduction of CEO class first, and CEO class is a non-profit initiative. So uh, everyone, uh, we we operating this initiative is volunteer, and because of COVID, and we see there is lot of um, um, opportunities and also challenges. So uh, we want to gather and connect with our CEO from worldwide and share about their personal goals, uh, their growth stories, and how they face the challenges. And it's really great that today we have Jacob to share about his stories. And yeah, Jacob, would you like to introduce a bit about yourself <laughs> and this platform? Uh, just to give you some context, my name is Jacob, uh, and I'm the CEO and founder of Butter, this, this lovely platform that we're in. And you can among other things, use the little reactions on the left-hand side uh, to, uh, to to show a little bit of love and support along the way. Um, um, so uh, I guess a bit of context to myself and, and a bit of stories myself. I started out my career in strategy consulting back in 2011 in uh, what's now Bain & Company uh, in, in the Nordics. Uh, so I was there to, for, for close to four years. Uh, I before that also studied abroad, studied in in Texas, studied in Austria, uh, uh, lived in Beijing for a while, working there too. So 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 uh, been 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 a bit around. Um, and uh, after consulting, I was uh, I wanted to build a bit of my own thing. So I got the opportunity to go to Indonesia, uh, where I started up a digital marketing agency in Jakarta, um, and built that up and sold that off to a, a Japanese player. Uh, but it was all the while a year in in Hong Kong and helped up start some new offices for that for that agency. That was <laughs> that was why I was was living there for a while. Um, and then went back to Denmark, started a startup within game streaming. Um, called Streamcrux, together with my new, my now co-founders in Butter, we we didn't succeed. Managed to run it into the ground, uh, and then uh, started Butter during uh, the early days of COVID. So in in May June mm -hmm. of 2020, yeah. Um, and I don't know whether I could, should tell a little bit about why we started Butter and what Butter is all about, uh, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just jump in with questions. There's also a little question yeah. queue below the reactions uh, where you can pop in and ask questions along the way if you if you like. Uh, I'm very open. It's always more lovely if, with, with, with a little bit of conversation. Um, so after we shut down our previous startup, uh, Streamcrux, it was myself, my one co-founder, Chris, who's a UX designer by, by trade, um, and Adam, who's an engineer by trade, a developer. Um, we had built our previous company all together as a fully remote company as well. Uh, so and we had employees all over, like we were a team of six, seven people. So not a big team, mm -hmm. but a fully remote team. Uh, and we knew there was something about remote work that was super special, uh, just working together with people from around the world, the amount of talent that you're able to get. So many things that were really, really amazing about remote work. But there's also a lot of stuff that's difficult. Uh, 
uh, but we knew that we wanted to build something within remote work. And when COVID struck, mm. we started doing, uh, a lot of companies started suddenly being pushed remotely. They didn't know how to, like they'd operated as co-located business and suddenly had to operate as a remote business. And we thought, hey, let's help out these companies that are struggling now in working together remotely. Um, and teach them kind of our best practices from working together remotely. Uh, so we started doing workshops for these for these companies, and uh, that was when we saw it that even though we actually had quite a bit of experience in doing workshops before in in, um, in real life, it was very difficult to kind of do these workshops uh, remotely. We're doing it on Zoom and using Miro and Mentimeter and a lot of different tools. Uh, and it was just difficult to kind of, uh, to, to, to uh, end up focusing so much on using the tools as opposed to actually facilitating the workshops and getting people engaged. The second thing was just the excitement and the energy was so, so much harder to build in the room where you're sitting everyone on Zoom uh, instead of uh, uh, um, uh, doing it in, in real life where you can use a few more things. So, so that was kind of why we built Butter. One thing to kind of mm. reduce that big technical friction mm. on facilitators. And the second thing was to just create a bit more energy in the sessions. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really great. <laughs> Actually, personally, I really love this platform. And yeah, in my work, I, I did some uh, training and workshop for, for some um, um, AI training for the for the young people. And actually, it is really exciting for them to to really can have more engagement. Um, oh, it's lovely to hear, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. So actually, because um, as I know, in, in, in your career, uh, you did uh, quite a lot of different kind of things. So actually, what, what motivates you to start to your entrepreneur journey? So because it is quite, mm. quite a challenging and quite a big decisions when you have a, a full time work, and then you need to take a much huge responsibilities and challenges in in it yeah yeah no it's a, that's a really good question siren and i don't think it was an, a thing that just appeared i think i've always been driven to uh wanted what you say i've always been very motivated by by adventure and mm -hmm. by freedom and by intellectual challenge and again Adventure again. I lived abroad a lot during my my, my student years, uh, and I, when I got the opportunity to kind of go and build something new in a completely different part of the world in Indonesia, I I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's adventure. Um, I I also thought that the freedom of being your own boss, in a way, it, it's 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 not as easy and nice as it sounds. Of course, a lot of challenges that comes with it, but there's also a lot of freedom and a lot of a lack of politics, a lack of like you're, you're judged on your performance alone and not on a lot of other factors when you're building something. I think that was that was the second thing. So so just freedom that really drove me towards uh, wanting to build my own. And the third thing is just the intellectual challenge. So building mm. something from nothing is tremendously difficult, uh, but also like the ultimate uh like one of the ultimate intellectual challenges so so i was i just thought that that was that was something amazing um mm. so that was what got me started in building the agency in in indonesia what i then saw and what again building an agency is nice there's a lot of challenging stuff in that but it's still a traditional business that you're building up you already know the the type of business you're building you're building something that where other people have also like something that other people have also done, 
not that it's not mm-hmm. challenging it's super hard but it's it's not something completely new secondly it's not as scalable when you're building an agency mm-hmm. you're dependent on a lot of people working in your, your organization grows and you have to service people you have to sell man hours and therefore i was super curious about this whole thing about building a um building more of a scalable uh, scalable mm-hmm. uh, business uh, which was why i entered tech, tech startups yeah. uh Hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really really cool. But you mentioned you mentioned about like challenges. I believe mm-hmm. that there should be a lot. So any <laughs> like any biggest challenge you face, and you can share more about it. So if I don't take a specific challenge, but more like an overall challenge, I think it's mm-hmm. it's honestly back to the motivation thing and managing your own well-being and motivation across such a long journey uh again i've been to some extent an entrepreneur for the past eight years um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ups and downs there it's like the ultimate roller coaster ride even in the best of journeys and butter for instance has been an amazing startup to be in we've got great growth there's a lot of good things going for us but there's there's also a tremendous amount of challenges there and mm-hmm. managing your own energy and your personal uh mm-hmm. motivation and well-being along such a roller coaster ride especially when it stretches across years and years i think mm-hmm. that is personally the biggest challenge that that i've been facing then there's a lot of what you say micro challenges along the way like oh. hey are we solving the right problem as a startup like are we, is this thing that we're building are we just building it because we can build or are we building it because we actually want to like are we actually uh, solving something for uh, a real problem for people that's always a mm-hmm. big one how well are we performing like yes numbers seem simple when you're looking at how many users you have per day but even that can be very uh, deceiving uh, for instance under mm-hmm. covid we actually had more users than we have at the moment uh does that mean that we're performing worse now no it doesn't because those use numbers were uh, temporary right because it was only mm. people that would not uh, be working remotely unless they were forced to so that's another thing <sighs> managing a team and managing motivation super difficult right uh, when we're a team of 20 people across 10 countries now uh, indonesia uh, malaysia uh, india nigeria united emirates uh, Portugal, like Canada, Denmark, you name it. Um, that's also just super difficult. So <laughs> uh, sorry for just long listing these, but there's so many challenges. But the biggest thing is this whole about managing yourself, I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's really true. And and I surely believe that actually motivation is always something push you to overcome all things and, and keep you moving. So, um, so do you have any, any tips, like how, how you keep yourself motivating, like being motivated, mm. like you maybe talk with others or reading books or any, any tips on it? Mm. I think the biggest thing is always maintaining perspective. Um, and again, when you when you're down in the weeds when you're you know uh, trying to when you're in a startup and you see new users mm. grow or new users go down you you get very you get a lot of your motivation super connected to the well-being of your startup of your baby <laughs> mm. uh but but i think it's always very important to realize you're doing this for i hate to say a greater purpose but like again going back to hey enjoying the process i'm doing this yeah. for adventure i'm doing this for freedom i'm doing this for the intellectual stimulation and you're getting all of this uh 
So I think that's one way to get perspective. Another way to maintain perspective is just like <laughs> ensuring that you don't alienate your loved ones, your friends, and you've got you've got some some people by your side that you love mm -hmm. and that love you. Uh, I think that can be just so grounding and helpful in providing perspective that even if everything fails, it's not like you've lost everything because you still got <laughs> some amazing people by your side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. And and also you you mentioned mentioned about like now your team is quite fully remote, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. actually it's quite amazing because everyone is from different different places and maybe the the time zone will be quite different as well. Mm -hmm. So how mm -hmm. how you manage um a remote team and and any challenges or or any special things actually we we need to be more more about oh, super good question um i think firstly doing like managing a remote team and a lot of the stuff around managing a remote team speaks to the best practices of managing a team that actually works together mm. and what i mean but it just you're just forced to do best practices you cannot rely on a lot of the uh, underlying things that you'd be able to rely on if you were had a co-located team and what i mean by mm. that is as a remote team, you need to document everything religiously because people can't just look over your shoulder. You can't just walk up to people and talk to them. It's not as easy as that. So you need to document things a lot. You know, need to have incredibly clear uh, communication standards. Like we're using Slack as so many others, we're kind of our internal mm -hmm. communication. Uh, but you need to have very clear standards on how to use Slack. Um, you have to be very clear about uh, socializing as well. So we are setting up coffee mm. chats, for instance, and we're setting up uh, 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 Fortnite socials. Um, and then, of course, I couldn't do this on my own. Like Annette, our lovely chief of staff in my right hand, she's uh, she's been absolutely instrumental in setting up uh, all the internal processes around butter and making sure everyone's is is feeling good in a remote team and checking mm -hmm. in and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's difficult, but it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But do you, but like, do you see, um, because I'm, I'm not sure like, um, how, how's your team's formation, but, um, usually, uh, we, we will see like, maybe there's uh, some cultural difference or everyone's work, work style will be quite diverse. So, um, mm. yeah, what's your view on it? Super good question. So I, again, Okay, I, I, as I mentioned, I've, I've lived in a few places before, mm, uh, seen yeah. quite a few cultures. Um, and I think people tend to overestimate or exaggerate the differences and focus on the differences instead of the similarities. Mm. Um, so when we recruit for Butter, we, 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 we vet people by a number of uh, uh, specific values, you can say, or specific attributes, personal attributes. We've got like what we call nine different operating principles, which are operationalized values. So things that are super important to us. And so, for instance, one of these things, uh, operational uh, uh, operating principles is embrace silliness. Uh, so it's important that we recruit people that don't take themselves too seriously. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot like in, in general, across so many different cultures, people that don't take themselves too seriously, they uh, uh, are much easier to work with. They don't have too much pride, too much ego that can kind of ruin a lot of ways to um, a lot of a lot of working ways. Uh, they're often less political. There's a lot of this stuff that's just great for people that take themselves less seriously. Mm. Other things is like um, questioning uh, or uh, critical thinking. So 
we only take in people that would actively question me as a CEO and and mm. basically call me out if I make a mistake. And I do agree that, yes, there are some cultural differences in terms of how people, but I don't think that that's as much culture as it's how people are schooled, for instance, in elementary school, in terms of are they taught to question from a very young age or not? Sure, there's got to be overarching differences across some different countries' school systems. But I would say mm -hmm. that the one, the people that we look for, are the people that would question, the ones that would be the annoying people in class that would always question the teacher, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, th those are, for instance, yeah. some of the types we look for, and that's across cultures. Yeah. Uh, I hope that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really great. And um, so, as as Berta is is um, quite. Um, great platform to let us do like this kind of events and also I think it is really good for for the workshops as well. So how do you see the, the future of online workshop or what do you think like actually what kind of elements or or, or features should be the most important things when we're doing the workshop or I believe that like after COVID there will be more and more this kind of online things, no matter webinars or workshop or some meetup. Yeah, super, super relevant. I so we see if you if you think of the all interactions in kind of a two by two matrix, right? So mm -hmm. uh, in in uh, synchronous and asynchronous, and then in collaborative and non collaborative. Uh, sessions. Mm -hmm. So again, for instance, a synchronous non-collaborative session would be a webinar where it's just one person speaking to a lot of people and nobody can interact, right? Uh, or a synchronous non-collaborative uh, would be a one-on-one uh, -on -one session or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. An async collaborative could be people collaborating on a document, uh, but you don't need to be in the same time zone to do that. We are building butter for all synchronous collaborative sessions. So all sessions mm -hmm. where you collaborate together at the same time. That's our longer term. We think that workshops and trainings, they're the most complex of synchronous collaborative sessions. They're like where you really need a lot of preparation, a lot of structure around it. So that's why we started building Butter for, for those sessions. Mm. Um, I think that two things will be incredibly important for collaborative sessions in the future, for all types of collaborative sessions. First thing is structure. So to succeed remotely, you need, just as building a remote company in remote mm. sessions, you need to be way more conscious about the structure and the documentation of that particular session. The second thing is during those sessions, you need to make sure that they are facilitated and that that structure is upheld, that though that you get, that you manage the outcomes that you want from that session and that things are actually documented and, and kind of uh, carried on after the session. So those are kind of two of the big things that we believe in butter and that we're building towards, like managing both the structure and the facilitation of uh, remote collaborative sessions. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's collaboration. I think no matter face to face or or in online setting is really essential. But actually, sometimes it's quite difficult. It is. We have different kind of views, <laughs> and, and especially in on online, it is quite difficult to to talk with each other. It is yep. always like we need to wait and not sure like others uh, works on. Exactly. So um, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, with, can you share more about your um, like in your entrepreneurial journey? So um, actually, do you, do you have like some some mentors or some 
someone you you learn a lot from from mm. them because I think like um for the young people or for from the audience like if they they want to start their startup mm-hmm. or they want to start to build something actually they they need different kind of support and also advice on it. It's a that's that's it's a good question. So. Mm, I have a lot of people that I spar with, but I've been, I, I wouldn't say that I've one particular mentor. The, the way that I've structured kind of my learning has always been, I've tried to identify people that are specialists within particular areas. So someone that I mm. see as an excellent leader, someone that I see as an excellent strategist, someone that I see as an excellent product person, etc. And then I would go to those people for advice uh, and, and, and set up frequent sessions for those people uh, when I when I needed that. Um, mm. Uh, because what I felt is having one particular mentor very often, and I had that in the earlier days of my life, but that limits your perspective too often to their perspective, which might actually end up limiting you as opposed to in- empowering you. <laughs> uh, so, so having that group of different, I, I don't know, you can call them mentors, but but more like a, a personal advisory board, I guess, is mm-hmm. is probably even more powerful. I do, however, so I, I have a coach that I use, and I know that, of course, as a young person, it's it's a bit more difficult to get a get a full coach, and it seems like, oh yeah, that's something CEOs have, but you can get that on very different levels, and 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 what the co- what my coach does is often ask me probing questions about my own decisions. So I would talk through my decisions with him, and mm. he would ask me critical questions about those decisions and about why I'm making them to make sure that I'm incredibly self conscious and that I am very self critical about all decisions that I make. <laughs> I hope that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really really good experience sharing. So um, I, I saw some some questions or, or mm-hmm. uh, comments from from the chat so i think it's good we can we can discuss it a bit as well uh, um, from dan and um, actually he, he shared about his experience like when he he did the task and then when where the ceo mentioned in the interview they they want some someone who not hesitate to provide feedback but at the end he faced uh it is not really real and when when someone speed up or or they they share the views um actually it's not something the ceo wants yeah so um yeah what's your view on it like i think it's yeah. it's it's quite common um situation in the workplace like maybe they the the senior one said they they welcome comments or welcome feedback but maybe at the end, it's it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a very good. Like I, I really like that situation, Dan. And I'm sorry you experienced it. Well, I don't like it, of course. But I'm really sorry you experienced it. But I really like it as, a, as an example because I think it shows uh, a common scenario that you see two ways. So again, um, the one way is what you're mentioning, this whole thing, a CEO says, oh, please give me a lot of upwards feedback or a leader or manager, whatever, wants a lot of upwards feedback or whatever. But in the end, they don't take that nicely. And I think what's yeah. important there is not so much listen to what the leader says but or the manager says, but ask around and understand, hey, how does that person actually... So do take references on this and speak with, uh, speak with colleagues or speak with other employees, uh, p- people that that person has managed, right? In 
again, it depends a bit on your bargaining power in terms of the job, but doing almost a reference check on the uh, place that you'll be working and on the leader that you'll be working for uh, with people that you work, uh, he or she has worked with before and, and people uh, that they, they're working with currently. It's very much the same thing when you're recruiting people too. Uh, people will promise a lot of things in interviews that they say they can do, <laughs> but but you'll also see that sometimes they can't uh, they can't do it at all. And their reference checks and understanding is is also incredibly important. And last comment to that situation is if you can't do a reference check, because I do understand that that's a bit more difficult to do towards a manager in a particular situation, is mm. uh, ask about concrete examples. Uh, of, hey, oh, that's really great that you uh, uh, were looking for someone that never hesitates to give feedback. Could you give an example of when that's been really helpful for you in making better choices? And uh, then dig in and ask them to come with a, a concrete situation um, as possible. Uh, because being concrete, is it's hard to lie when you're asked about something that's very concrete, uh, if that mm. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and also, I, I think, like, different company or different team have their their own cultures or own practice like even the the same description like they open for for comments or open for feedback actually the the acceptancy or that their normal practice can be quite different so yeah. um yeah this is also something um we can we can be aware about of it as well so oh, um <laughs> yeah so um, in as a follow eight, you can see a follow up from Dan. So do you think there mm. is a way to figure this out upfront? And unfortunately, which now to current employee most wouldn't be. Okay, for others, maybe they, they don't want to. I mean, I, I'd also yeah. say that if people are afraid to tell about yeah. internal affairs externally, that's a warning sign. Right, <laughs> so that's one thing, Dan. But otherwise, I then I'd, I'd mostly say like ask for the concrete situations uh, of hey, like so great that you're you're managing uh, feedback so well. Uh, could you give some examples of how that's really impacted your decisions? Uh, and then you know, uh, if if the the less the more vague those examples are, the mm. more of a warning sign that is. The more concrete they are. Yes, here the other day, like Bob came up to me and he said this, and now we've changed that process. Right? Ah, okay. Very concrete, right? Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to to, to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really great example. And yeah, for others audience, yeah, just feel free to to share your feedback or or your questions in the in the chat. And yeah, another other question from me. Uh, so how how you how do you see the current COVID challenges? Um, I think especially for for the student or for the for the young generation, they mm -hmm. they just finish their studies because I think like it also changed a lot the the work styles, um, the the whole market. Like some some one interesting thing is that maybe they spend a few years to study their majors, but at the end, like after they graduate, it can be totally changed. Maybe the job is not is disappear as well. <laughs> well, let me, let me just take that last thing first, Siren, because I think so many of us, uh, so many people, including myself, is doing something completely different than what they studied in yeah. school. Right? Uh, I studied finance. I'm doing nothing with finance. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, so that so I think that's that's one thing. But I think 
I think there's so many things that have changed. And as with all change, it can be both for the worse and for the better. Um, I think the job market has become incredibly global. Uh, all the remote work, uh, a lot of companies are, are recruiting from everywhere. And as a, as, a, as a new student, you're able to basically pick and choose from so many companies across the world. Um, it, it's, of course, also been more of a talent meritocracy, if you can call it that. So you're com suddenly competing with people from all over the world, right? Um, I think proactivity is valued even higher than ever now. You cannot expect to just go into a job and then people will tell you what to do because remote jobs, are it's just like, for instance, we value proactivity so highly that we are very picky when we recruit juniors because we, we only want juniors that, that can take and want to take a lot of ownership um because it's hard otherwise to manage a person when they are when they are when they are sitting remotely and to micromanage a person when they're sitting remotely uh so building that pro those levels of productivity into your way of being is is uh super important and last thing i comment there is probably the social aspect it's just it is <sighs> Your social, uh, what you say, social needs will not be fulfilled if you're working for a fully remote company. One hundred percent, it's just not possible. Um, I, I remember when I started out in consulting, I hung out a lot with my my peers and my colleagues, and we're drinking with them and whatever, and, and that they were a big part of my social network. It's not the same when you're working remotely because you cannot you cannot hang out with people uh, after work the same way. Uh, so it does put a bigger focus on you kind of building your and retaining your friends from say from university or from before uh, and using them as your network and, and not just uh, your work peers. Yeah. So those are at least some of the things that I think have changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, I I start I study computer science. But I didn't work on any ID things. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. In my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but um, as you mentioned, like some some um, mindset, they need to be the more proactive in in this new work style. Um, but any any skills that you think it is very important, or or they should be more more prepared. One big thing, writing. There's mm -hmm. no doubt that writing will become more and more important in a remote world. Even for a company like us that's building synchronous collaboration software, we do a lot of writing. Um, and being able to be a, and I'm not talking about, you know, writing long prose, I'm talking about succinct, clear writing, where you're able to clearly argue for your positions and state it in front of others. Uh, so I think that writing as a skill and a clear business writing will be so much more important than it's ever been before. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, and and let's see any other other questions from the audience. Any questions at all? Come on, you must have yeah. some weird questions for me. <laughs> I can answer anything almost. <laughs> Well, I can't answer anything, but I will answer anything I can. <laughs> Let me say it like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, any questions from, from the audience? <laughs> yep, one more. I think one more from me is, so um, any, we, we talk about the, the mentors or anyone we, 
it is um, we need we can seek for support or advice, um, but from another way, like any any resources or or like for example blogs or books, you think it is good to good to consume, like for example, um, with some tools book or or um, we should see more more latest trend of the industry. Uh, it's a good question. I'd say uh, I, I can't fully comment on everything that exists out there, uh, but uh, I can talk personally to myself. <laughs> so one thing I, 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 I religiously read The Economist, uh, the, the magazine, almost on a weekly basis or on a weekly basis, at least the leaders and sometimes cover to cover. Amazing for keeping up to date with current affairs. I think that's pretty cool. And in a global world, you need to keep up to date with current affairs. Um, secondly, I read a lot of science fiction. And I think that that's just like, that's something that motivates me about the world it can be. <laughs> There's a lot of different stuff there. Um, and then more like, I think there's a lot of different blogs and books and stuff you can do out there, but that, that's very dependent on the direction that you're choosing. For instance, I read a lot of startup books, uh, books and blogs, but again, it depends so much on the direction that, you, uh, that, that, that you're going. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We have um, questions from from the audience. So, what is one like one essential habit that you recommend for for that person they should have? Mm. Yeah, Let's see, just don't want to answer anything that's too. Uh, I mean, open mindedness for sure, right? But what does that mean? I mean, checking out like not just checking out new apps but doing like really doing it more like understanding what the latest apps that are out there and the latest tech that's out there so that's more on a tactical basis like like what are the latest apps that are taking off and you know how do they work and being very just curious about using a lot of apps to get uh what you call product feel so you understand hey what mm -hmm. does good product look like i think that's a really strong thing and secondly just keeping up with bigger trends and like reading the like for instance web 3 101 what is it crypto 101 what is it you know software as a service 101 but just the basics not the big picture not deep diving but just the basics on all the big trends that are coming out so probably those two things so trying out new apps getting a feel for it and just getting the basics of all on new tech trends yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's really true like i think it is not necessary to to learn everything but at least you know what is it exactly so, um yeah i <laughs> i i believe um yeah one more question because uh, i i i know you're you need to oh, it's okay i've got i've yeah. got 10, 12 so, more minutes uh, yeah, so no, can, no worries <laughs> yeah. so uh could you tell us anything you wish you knew when you were in your 20s or the starting of your career mm. it is an interesting one it is it's a hard one it's always like because <laughs> a lot of the stuff you learn you 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 hear it like honestly you've heard so many of those things before but you have to feel it on your own body to really internalize it right um oh, i think it's it's this whole thing about perspective and how things matter less than you think they do oh yeah okay one one really good thing don't mm. plan out your career because you want to get here and to get here, you have to do first this and then this and then this and then this, because then you might do this, right? Like, and very specifically, right? If you want to be an, an entrepreneur, you don't need to spend four years in consulting, then 
spend four years in a product manager job and then do that. No, no, you just go out and then you freaking do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so these a, a lot of narratives and a lot of thoughts you can have around yourself is that you, you want to build this narrative about the fact that you need to do these things to get to to begin doing that, but very often it's not true. You can actually just begin doing it right away. Uh, so don't don't waste your life doing stuff that you think you need to do, but actually just do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope that makes sense, Cici. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but like, um, I think, I think usually people will just feel, feel unsecure or feel uncomfortable for the, for the uncertainty. So oh, yeah. like, that's uh, a different, that's a different thing. It? Uh, yeah, yeah that's a good question as well. Uh, so I have this feeling or one of my core beliefs is that everyone in life is insecure. Like any, everyone you meet in life, like you can almost like look at that person and you know that they've got insecurities and they've probably often got loads of insecurities. So the mm-hmm. fact that everyone has insecurities also mean that your own insecurities, which are totally fine to have, that they just matter less, right? Uh, and that also means that even though you go out and do something that everyone else says, oh, you shouldn't be able to do that. Well. Honestly, sorry, sorry for excuse my French, but but fuck it, <laughs> just just do it, right? Because uh, it's it's uh, it's um, people cannot tell you whether you should be insecure or not, uh, and you shouldn't honestly give in to those feelings of insecurity. Yeah, um, oh. yeah. yeah, it's really really great sharing, and um, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, everyone can because your your time is is it's just a there's limit so it is not not necessary or just don't waste your time to plan a lot and afraid this thing or and other things and it's so, so scary to be honest on this thing time being limited right i mean i'm 34 soon turning 35 right and it's like yeah. suddenly i feel old in the startup world you know like i feel super old here right um so uh, and and the number of years that i've got left in startup is maybe pff, 10 years then i'm 45 nobody starts off at 45 right you know so it's like it's it's, it's and it's only 10 years since i began my career for real right so so even your career time limit is actually surprisingly short so use that time <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 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 that, that's cool so um so i think it is some um times um for for the end of these sessions so do you have any any last few lines for for the audience uh no i i can see two more questions popping up there so i'll just take those and then uh yeah, we sure, can end there sure. <laughs> uh so elena you ask about since we know how do you feel with the fear of failure without a new venture as well as financial pressure being founder of, uh, of a business in terms of being responsible for the team Ooh, uh, oh uh that, oh uh, that's a really good question um I'd say like financial pressure of being a founder. Uh, it depends on like this personal financial pressure. I didn't take a salary for three years after founding my business. That's that's nasty, right? Um, probably today you can find some money that a lot of programs that give you a small stipend. So you just have to have like always maintain a really low standard of living. That's just really helpful when you're doing when you're being an entrepreneur. So that's kind of on the personal side because that gives you the never be trapped by buying a big house or big car or anything. Really makes you happy, uh, especially if you want entrepreneurship. Um, and I think like the whole responsible for the business and for the team. I think just never lie to the team about what they're in. Like they're in a startup. There is financial security here. That's the name of the game. 
mm-hmm. it's not going to be failing overnight. Of course, you need to, but it, there is a higher risk, but there's also a higher reward than if you're in a traditional company. So I think it's just about honesty there. Um, uh, but pe- but don't feel don't feel too responsible for the team. I know it sounds bad, but but I mean, as long as you're honest and transparent about what they're getting themselves into. Then uh, it's it's they, it's also their own right as humans. <laughs> um, and Corey, you got a is too late to get a job as an internship in the thirty fives. I don't think anything is too late. Um, and I've heard of a lot of people that do career shifts, and you should never think of anything as being too late. So I, I guess the the the, sh- the short answer is no. The slightly longer answer is like, what what is that internship for, and where do you think that? that'll get you <laughs> so yeah cool yeah that's cool and yeah really thanks for your time today and i think it's really great sharing and really inspirational for for the audience so um yeah and also thanks everyone joining these sessions so uh we will upload uh, videos to our facebook page and also um we will have our Podcast. So if you want to revisit the content or or just um, follow our our page and also our upcoming sessions, and yeah, thanks everyone and have a nice day or a nice night. <laughs> yeah, thanks everyone yeah. for joining. Thanks really, everyone. really love this. Bye. Yeah. Bye.